Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, good evening and welcome Wednesday night individuals who are around on YouTube.com slash Fightful, FightfulWrestling.com or Fightful.com because we are going to be talking about the Wednesday Night Wars, AEW, Dynamite, NXT. They go head to head on every Wednesday, but here, here, right here. On all of your favorite Fightful outlets, we are not going to be fighting. We're not here to to go at each other's throat. There's no head-to-head here. The war happens elsewhere. We talk about the aftermath. We mop it up, essentially. We're the cleanup crew just to make sure that you know what was good and what wasn't so great. But hey, we're glad you're here. I'm Mr. Warren Hayes, and I'm really glad that you're hanging out with us this evening. If you're watching us live here, you know, if you are watching us live right now or even later on, on YouTube, do consider giving us a, th- a thumbs up. That stuff really, sincerely, really does help get the word out there. And it helps YouTube understand that, you know, there should be more fightful stuff going around in our algorithm. We need to push that stuff out. So that's really important. That's a good thing to do. And you know what else is a good thing to do? Becoming a member of Fightful Select, which is Fightful's premium service. Of course, on one hand, you get everything. You get all the articles. You get all the the, the scoops that you get usually on Fightful. But if you become a member of Fightful Select, you get tons of extra content. And when I say tons, I am slightly exaggerating by maybe this much. But you do get a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of content. You get Sean, Sean Ross Sapp, who does the backstage report every week. He also does Q&A sessions, gets extra content with Jimmy Van from The List and Your Boy. You get uh, uh, Steven Jensen, who does the Weekender report. You get sneak uh, sneak peeks at articles. You get some 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 scoopsy previews there as well, which are which is always which is always a good time. It's always fun. Plus, on top of that, you get. You get look. I may be biased here because I hang out with them on every on every Wednesday evening. But you 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 get the star of the show, the main event, the sour graps reviews of Raw and SmackDown, basically twice a week of Alex Pulowski pointing out everything that is uh, that is memorable and fantastic from uh, WWE. And Alex Pulowski comes over uh, on Wednesday nights uh, to talk with us about uh, NXT. So uh, we're glad to have him. How you doing, Alex? Uh, you know, better than better than I was after the draft. <laughs> right. That's for Has sure. your draft hangover uh, really passed? <laughs> no, is it, no, the draft is still going on because a bunch of dudes from Raw are coming back to 
to SmackDown on Friday to wrestle meaningless matches because you got to get Lars Sullivan over by beating the hell out of Jeff Hardy. You got to do it. When, when there's a question out there of whether or not you got to get Lars Sullivan over by beating the hell out of a beloved longtime superstar, well, the answer is you just got to do it. You know, brand split be damned. I want to know how you're still not recording Sour Graphs following that <laughs> awful draft. You should still be on the air talking about how bad it is. But listen, my, my episodes are like encroaching on two hours every hey, single guess time what? I start talking. So guess they, what? Hours too. <laughs> but but for entirely yeah. different reasons. But uh, but uh, thank you, Alex, for for being here despite the, the despite the the draft weighing down upon you. And that other voice that you heard here is none other than Robert Dude DeFelice. Who is a who is a staff writer here at Fightful, among many other things, and he joins us every Wednesday to talk about AEW Dynamite. It's good to see you, Robert. Yes, good to see you. I'm in the mood for steak, Warren. Listen, I am steak. always in the mood for steak. Uh, I don't know exactly what that entails in the world of wrestling, but we're going to find out next week. But before we move on, Ernie, forward. Remember, folks, if you want to show a bit of support to what for what we do here at fightful do consider leaving us a uh, leaving us a super chat and uh, we will read your question comment or mood online uh, for everyone to hear such as uh, such as uh, evan wright who left us a super chat thank you very much evan says a uh, weekly reminder that robert rules Alex and Sour Graps rules and Warren rules. Thank you very much, Evan. AEW was real fun to watch tonight. Pentagon versus Phoenix. It hose me down. Yeah, we're going to talk about all of that. But thank you very much for the very kind words, Evan. And Anakin JMT left us a super chat as well. Thank you very much. Anakin says, uh, Rob, I got a PC N64 controller, so your time dominating as Taz is coming to an end. So what this is about is... Over the weekend, I streamed some games with Jeremy Lambert on this very YouTube channel, and I was dominating as Taz because, as I explained several times, nobody beats Taz. Is it because nobody? No, but nobody beats at, Taz. At, at what game? At uh, SmackDown vs. Raw? Oh, at, at No at Mercy. Mercy. Nah, nobody nah. No Taz Mercy. was Taz was particularly particularly strong, and his move set is pretty easy to to punch. I agree. I agree. Nah, he yeah, was you a don't bit beat OP. Taz. But there we go. Hey. hey. Uh, someone did get beat tonight, AEW, NXT. Which of the two, Alex, do you think was the better show tonight? Ooh, Robert, how about you? Really? That's funny, because I actually, I'm pretty sure NXT is Oh, goodness. So we're going to, it's going to come down to me to decide. Uh, I think we're going to go with, uh, we're going to go with, uh, NXT this week. I want to start off with Alex this week. We've been, I mean, ultimately, it's just to pick who goes first. It doesn't really matter. Um, so NXT starts off with the Undisputed Era coming out. Sans Adam Cole, Alex Palowski. Uh, and, uh, but Kyle O'Reilly has the microphone. He says uh, Adam Cole is out because of the attack from Ridge Holland. And if Ridge Holland wasn't already in a hospital bed, the Undisputed Era would put him there. And, but whoever was behind the attack will be found, Alex. This is uh, interesting that uh, that Calarelli is underscoring this uh, strongly at this point, right? 
Well, yeah, I, I, uh, it, 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 it appears to me like what they're going to do is go for a split, like right down the middle of 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 the UE. Everyone's t- telling me, well, it's obviously uh, Fish and Strong did it. Like, oh, okay, so it's obvious. I missed, I missed all the obviousness. But if that's what they're going for, Fish and Strong versus Cole and O'Reilly could could be fun. That could be a fun little thing. We haven't, we haven't seen like a straight up faction split in a long time. Um, I did think it was kind of interesting. Like the only mention of poor Ridge Holland was like, if he wasn't in the hospital bed with that horrible tragic accident that's going to cost him a year of his prime, then we would have done it ourselves. But just, just a bit. You've, you've got to right. appreciate that. You know? You okay. You know what? Yeah, I got to appreciate it. But I, I did, I did love that they were giving mm-hmm. Kyle the mic for this segment because usually he was, he never got that, and now they're trying to continue with his being a main event level type guy by letting him have the, all the mic time. Here's what I thought. You want to want me to tell you what kind of vibes I got from that segment? Kyle O'Reilly please, did it. Please. Okay, you know, cause he's there. We're going to find we're cause everyone was expecting Adam Cole to turn on him. You know, the whole friendship thing They were leading into it. And he was right, like, sure. Mm, we're going to find the, the, the person who did that, Adam, we're going to, and we're going to have his, We're going to have our revenge. And I'm like, well, yeah, look, right. It's wrestling. We'll see what happens. Obviously. Listen, listen. Um, uh, somebody who definitely was not Jeff Hardy ran over Elias in a parking lot months ago. Elias just showed up and attacked Jeff Hardy, and Elias says Jeff Hardy ran me over, and we know for a fact it wasn't Jeff Hardy. But they're just running with this whole thing like Jeff Hardy ran over Elias. Are, so are you I saying have, that people should watch the show? Alex? I'm, I'm saying that people should watch the show and remember things that happened a few months ago. Wow. But. Well, I, my my thing is, I'm pretty sure that uh, that they had no idea who was behind the actual attack. That they were going to do a whole bunch of like, here it might be this person or it might be this person. Hell, it might be Buddy Murphy because he was in the background of that mm-hmm. one shot. Remember that where that thing was SmackDown and Eric Rowan. So they had no idea who was actually the mastermind behind this whole thing. And now that Ridge Holland is out, I think they're going to sweep it under the rug. I think that by like Thanksgiving. We'll just we're we're going to be asked to forget this ever happened, and we're going to move on to something else entirely. Well, we had a match uh, to start a tag team match to start it off. Uh, Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong of the Undisputed Era versus uh, Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch, with the winners becoming the number one contenders for uh, the Brizongo's NXT Tag Team Titles. Uh, Brizongo were actually in the audience, which I thought was well the audience amongst the screens, which I thought was fun. Uh, I'm surprised they didn't do it on main yet, but that was, that was nice. Um, there's a double suplex by Roddy, uh, by, uh, Roddy and Fish, uh, a, a double suplex, excuse me, by Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch using Roderick Strong onto Bobby Fish. Um, uh, Oni hits a double blockbuster, um, Burch and Orkin hit double submissions on, uh, Undisputed Era as well. There's the double team assisted DDT on Strong, but the pin is broken up by Bobby Fish. And the match comes to an end with a flying knee by uh, by Roderick Strong. And your Undisputed Era boys are the number one contenders. Alex, what would you think of the match? Match is, match is fine. I, I, I really appreciate. I always appreciate watching uh, Oni and um, and Danny work. Because they're just, they're just such great guys to have in a match. Because even if you think to yourself, well, they're not winning this thing. They still make the match a hell of a lot of fun to watch. And that's 
rare in a match that seems kind of like a foregone conclusion. I will say, I don't know if you got to see this, Warren or Robert, um, they did a, a pre-tape for a segment that I wish could have aired on, on TV, but it was a, 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 an internet thing with, um, with Brizongo as doctors, like having like diagrams of the four guys in this match with like like things pointing things that like they had they had written, they had drawn the guys with giant heads and tiny bodies like Danny Birch has has Danny Birch has tree like <laughs> legs it's very dangerous with his tree like limbs uh and and Wunny Wunny yes. Locken that's that's how you pronounce it it's French and so like that was very very funny uh and then they talked about uh, Bobby Fish doesn't have abs so he's not very fast <laughs> but Roddy Strong does have abs so he is fast also he wears tiny little boots isn't that weird <laughs> and then then regal comes in and says, get out of my office you bloody brats get out of my office and then he looks over at the drawing of roddy and he says to himself he does wear boots, doesn't he? <laughs> like why is there not a half hour show on the network every week with just breezango making William Regal into an amazing comedy character. I love all. I love all of it. And Brizongo sitting up on the, uh, on the uh, on the stage watching the whole thing. Brizongo looking like he's playing Danny's uh, friend. Ego looking he's playing Danny Zuko mm-hmm. in, in Greece, like in the full leather jacket, the white t-shirt was all great. Um, our own uh, Jesse the Buckeye, uh, big fightful fan. Uh, she's at home, watching AEW, but they put her face up from when she was in the Thunderdome. I don't know, weeks ago, they put, they're just recycling old video of people who were in the Thunderdome before because this company cannot not be lazy. Wow. That, you know, uh, I believe that was broken first on Fightful Select. And yeah, they are recycling images. I'm surprised they haven't done this for the main roster. Maybe they do. And we just don't, we just haven't picked up on it yet. We get an update on Finn Balor, who underwent surgery. They showed us some mm, beautiful pictures. Hope no one was having dinner while watching. Well, here, here you see the graphic yeah, that, surgery I, picture. And they did. That's what. That's what that. they said. That's what the. Uh, let's look at these graphic pictures. No, I don't. I don't want to see. But. Alex, I'm sure that you'll appreciate, because I did, and I'm sure you'll appreciate it because we appreciate the same things when it comes to wrestling storylines. At least they address the NXT title situation, which was a question that we all had, saying, look, we're going to give this some time, and we're going to give it a couple of weeks, then we'll make a decision, because honestly, we were all expecting them to just forfeit it, and it's been floating around. It's It took two weeks, but at least we got something. Yes, we did. Uh, I, I appreciate that. It shows uh, mm-hmm. pragmatism on their part. And also, um, it it makes sense because they've had too many vacated titles. They've had just too many vacated titles recently. The North American Championship got vacated. Let's do a tournament for it. Uh, Killer Cross wins the NXT title. Uh, he's got to vacate it because he got injured. Let's have some other guys have a, have a fight for it. Like, we they couldn't do it again. Like we just it would be it would be too much. So if there's a chance that we just we just keep the NXT title off TV and do everything we can with everything else, um, when 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 Finn is healthy, hopefully in a month six weeks, we'll just get him slide him right back into the to the, to the event picture. It's like basically think of it as though Brock Lesnar is NXT champion. He's not going to wrestle for the next six weeks or two months or three months anyway. So let's just. Keep the top title off TV, 
and and we'll do something with everything else. That's they they did that on the main roster for years. So I guess we'll do that. You get an Ember time. Moon uh, package where she says that last year was a bad year for Ember Moon. No kidding. And uh, she wanted to yeah. go back to NXT when she got cleared. Uh, she took herself out of the draft. I also like that. She took herself out of the draft to go back to NXT. Uh, but she doesn't want to earn a title shot based on her past accolades. She wants to earn it and go through the uh, the roster. So I can get behind that. I appreciate that. Ashante Theodonis uh, took on Jake Atlas here. Um, I mean, this was... This was a fine cruiserweight match until El Legado del Fantasma came out to distract um, Adonis because they don't like each other on 205 Live and uh, cost him the win, ultimately. But um, as they start beating him up, uh, Jake Atlas uh, does a dive to help him out, which brings out Santos Escobar, which brings out Swerve Scott, and there is a stalemate, Alex, with the... I, pretty much the entirety of the cruiserweight division on NXT. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that is true. Um, I'm fine with this. I mean, I, I, that that match between Swerve Scott and and uh, and Escobar on the Takeover was friggin' great. So if you're if if this is leading leading to that being run back in the future, if you want to have a few awesome cruiserweight six-man tags leading up to Swerve Scott finally beating Escobar. I'm cool with that. Like, this is a good way, again, if you're if you're gonna uh, keep the main title off TV for a while while Finn recovers, you gotta fill the time with other stuff. And great six-man tags in the cruiserweight division is a way of doing it. Now, uh, you know, like, build that division back up because it felt, it felt like prior to that, um, to that match of the takeover that Escobar's yeah. been off TV forever. Like he should be wrestling matches, like put him in there and like doing stuff or, or have him send out his boys to wrestle matches, do something so that we're always keeping that. He's a, he's a champion on your show. Like whatever's going on with that title should be on your show every week. Anakin JMT left us a super chat. Thank you again, Anakin. He says, if the next takeover isn't until Royal Rumble weekend, they can make it work not having Finn around for a while. Sure, absolutely. Um, I, I don't know. I, I would assume they have plumped something planned around Survivor Series just because of the way they've been doing it every year. Maybe not, obviously, the Saturday before or whatever, but in I mean, we have to have a War Games, right? It's, it, war Games is the thing every November. You could do that in December instead. There's no rule saying you can't. So, like, why not? Like, you know, this Christmas, it's war. I don't know. I think they banned war games because of COVID. <laughs> I... Yeah, okay. I think it's just banned. They'll do it. They'll run it right up ahead with uh, blood and guts whenever <laughs> AEW decides to do that. Um, we have uh, Candice uh, LeRae and Johnny Gargano who cut promos uh, who cut promos on Io Shirai and Dexter Loomis. And then we move on to Austin Theory versus Johnny Gargano. Uh, I really like this match, Alex. There's a lot of back and forth between both guys. Um, Theory got a lot of great offense in here. Big suplexes. At some point, he hits, he hits a big super kick and a leg, uh, excuse me, a leg trap over the knee neck breaker. Um, Gargano avoids uh, the ATL at some point. Uh, actually get, goes for a cross body that Theory catches. Uh, Gargano squirms out of the ATL, but uh, but Theory then reverses 
Gargano's reverse uh, reversal into a pinning combination. Doesn't quite get it done, though. Uh, but uh, Gargano lawn darts uh, Theory into the corner before hitting a, side, a sliding forearm and the one final beat for the pin and win. I thought this was a really good match. I thought, I thought they worked really, really well together. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, yes, but ultimately, why? For what purpose? Austin Theory, all he does is lose. Like, he beat Leon Ruff, good for you. But all he does is lose. Like, is that is that the storyline, or is it just him losing? Because if there's not a progression, it's just him racking sure. up losses. Like, they're not even 50-50-ing <laughs> him. Like, he's just losing matches. And this one against Johnny Gargano, it was just like... I, I don't know. Like, was there was there a storyline behind it? Because Gargano, like, hey, hey, go in there and, and take on Damian Priest. And then he lost. So he's like, I'm angry at Johnny Gargano for telling me to face Damian Priest. Like, what? Like, I don't understand why this match is even, like, a thing. Like, it's a heel versus heel. It's, it's, it's a weird thing. The match is fine. Don't get me wrong. But to what end? What, what, what story are we telling with the constant Austin Theory losses? Where are you? What are you building towards? If the answer is nothing, then stop. Then then stop and figure out sure. something you can build towards. Otherwise, you're just wasting people's time. Gargano being 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 out there, uh, you've got to keep him involved in some way because you're building to a thing that they you shouldn't be building to. In my opinion, we'll talk about that later. But okay, great. This is fine. But at the same time, I, I I'm I'm worried about this Austin Theory thing. Like. If 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 it's just a you're in the doghouse, so we're gonna have you wrestle every week and lose every week, thing, then that's stupid. If you're actually building to a storyline where he stops losing via some mechanic that he finds himself or is given to him by somebody else, he's he's got a change of plans, he changes his character, whatever. Great, let's get to it already because it feels like six sure. straight weeks he's at a loss. Reina Gonzalez, uh, excuse me, Rakia, I can't get used to it. I'm sorry, folks. I, I just, it, do, it no, doesn't connect no. for me. Ra- Raquel Gonzalez is uh, is backstage and she challenges uh, Rhea Ripley to uh, to a match at Halloween Havoc. Rhea sort of hears her talking crap and they, they, they fight and they get pulled apart. A little later on, William Regal makes the match for Halloween Havoc in two weeks. Cool. Next, we get uh, Shotzi Blackheart versus Candice LeRae, and um, Shotzi is in control early on in this match, but a snapmare by LeRae changes fortunes. LeRae rams Shotzi on, uh, onto the post for on the apron and then drills her face right into the apron. But uh, Shotzi comes back, kicks, and a senton, goes for the top rope senton, but LeRae uh, lifts her knees. She uh, hits a German suplex. Uh, well, she German suplexes Shotzi off of the second turnbuckle. Uh, then Shotzi hits a butterfly suplex into a bridge, but can put Loray away that way. That's a rhyme. You hit me doing some bars right there, folks. Lion Salt, uh, Lion Salt by Loray follows. Indy Hartwell is on the outside towards the end of the match and hands Candice a foreign object. I kind of dug this. It was so very old school. Just hands her, hands her the the foreign object. You're not quite sure what it is. Probably some n- brass knuckles because she plasters Shotzi Blackheart with a fist, and that just knocks her out. Sh- Candice LeRae wins the match and becomes the number one contender 
for the NXT women's title again, Alexander. Yep. Um, well, that was the thing about this match. Either way, you have somebody facing uh, EO that lost to her recently. Um, it seems like there are other... Like, I mean, I guess you're probably saving Ember or Tony or eventually Rhea for a takeover. But it's weird to, like, have this match, like, hey, you, who lost to EO a, a month ago? You, who lost to EO at a takeover two weeks ago? Why don't you guys fa face each other for the right to lose to EO again? Won't that be fun? Like, it's just, the matches are going to be great. This match was great. But what purpose are you serving when you're telling this story? Like, uh, there could be something new and different. I think the thing you're, you're telling this story with, with Candice is that now Candice has a little friend who passes her brass knucks from the outside. And that's something she didn't have when she mm -hmm. faced EO the last time. So maybe that's different. Um, but I don't love the whole, like, you just lost to her. Here's another chance for another championship match. I don't, I don't love that. I feel like you lose to the, to the champion. You go to the back of the line. You work your way back up. That's just my own personal thing. Um, but this match was very good. I, I, it was Brass Knuckles. Indy Hartwell tweeted out a, a photo of her, like, wearing them. Uh, so, yes, she's yes, it's definitely Brass Knuckles, uh, which I think William Regal can appreciate. <laughs> um, I, I, I think this is all very good. And, again, like, it's you're making Indy Hartwell out of nothing. Like, I don't know that she's won a match, like, really won a match, on TV, I think she might have won like via distraction. Yeah, didn't I? I, I, I feel like she like, won yeah. against Shotzi when Shotzi was feuding with the Robert Stone brand. There you, there you go. Like, like but it no. wasn't like via her winning it. It was via chicanery. So you're making her out of whole cloth by just having her like there, and we're wondering what's her game now. The whole, it's the world is your oyster at this point. You can completely create this whole character for her because she has no character. We don't know anything about her. So now you can completely create her, and I'm totally here for that part of this. And that is there's very good. And Shotzi, Shotzi can't face EO at Halloween Havoc. She's Apparently. She's Halloween Havoc. That would just create, all, that would create a whole conflict of interest thing. And I don't want Robert, to what, that. what do you think about uh, uh, people losing titles and then getting title shots? It's a very main roster thing to do, right? Well, I was going to save this for when we talked about Orange Cassidy, but yeah, <laughs> it's dumb. You just, you don't lose the championship match and then go, I know, we'll give you another chance. Especially in a roster like NXT, they're stacked. Their women's division is great. Highlight that instead of running back matches from your last pay-per-view. But there will be a little twist or a spin, rather. So I guess that'll be enjoyable. Well, that. Very good, Robert. I appreciate that one. Uh, Thank you. Drake Maverick. Uh, Drake Maverick comes with some documents, some paperwork from a marketing firm, Alex, to show off some marketing ideas to his tag team partner Killian Dane. Uh, shows off some uh, some mm. costume ideas and so on and so forth, and as well a suggestion for a tag team name, Alex. <laughs> but in case I'm going to let you say it to the good people, just in case you haven't watched NXT. I, I also, but he showed them, here's some rendi renderings yeah. of what our gear's going to look like. But I also brought fabric swatches so you can feel what it'll feel like against your skin. Also, fishnet, <laughs> fishnet's in right now. It's Halloween. 
and like he holds it up so he can look through it. Like Drake Maverick, Rockstar Spud is a comedic mm-hmm. genius. Like he's just got all this. Like it just it seems like it just falls out of his brain, completely formed as a fantastic joke. I love it. Um, but he he has a mock up of their logo for the the furry mm-hmm. and the fury. Um, which is just great. Uh, of course, I'm the Fury, and he does some little shadow boxing. What am I? Well, you're the uh, you're the. He kind of rubs his shoulder hair. I mean, you're the. Uh, uh, and I think it's that's just that's all great. This is all amazing. What I want is for Drake to have new renderings and a new logo and new name every week, and them to never actually settle on one. But just him come up with brand new things that could be hilarious every week. I don't ever want them to have a real tag team no. or real gear. Just this for the length of their of their time as a tag team, which I hope is forever because they're. Well, uh, Drake also announces that they have a tag team match, much to da- to Killian Dane's surprise against Imperium. Let's talk about the match, Alex. It happened a little later on, but since we're into it, um, as they come out this week, Alex Killian Dane kills the music does not want to come out to any dancing straight off the bat. That must have irked you. And Drake, 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 yes. Drake was very upset. There you go. And, and so was I. Like, you, we did, Drake, Drake says, we didn't even get to the whistling. And I want to apologize. Last week, I had only heard very small snippets. Now they actually uh, have come out with the whole song on YouTube, which I listened to on a loop for like six hours a couple of days ago. It's really catchy. Um, So there was too much whistling before. It's not, it's not the, the thing I was doing last week. It's just... And that's it. It's just very quick. But it's not okay. like the whole thing uh, that I was fine. doing. I apologize. That's fine. Um, you were enthusiastic last week. So that it's completely understandable. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I, I remain so. <laughs> this was a very physical match. Uh, the Imperium guys were just beating the tar out of Drake. Uh, and until Killian Dane gets a hot tag. Starts beating Imperium up. Suplexes everywhere. Uh, then Drake asks to get tagged in. Which Killian Dane... Uh, uh, let's uh, let's happen, but it was a big mistake. Drake goes for a flying crossbody. Body uh, uh, Fabian Aikner catches him into a brain buster. Killian Dane gets taken on the outside, taken out on the outside, and the European Doomsday Device by Imperium gets the win for the heels. After the match, though, Everize come in to sort of push uh, Drake around. But Killian Dane appears out of nowhere, clotheslines both guys down, comes t- and tells them, or tells Drake actually, no one gets to hit you <laughs> except for me. There you have it, Alex. And then they go back, they go yeah. back, the music hits. Much to Killian mm-hmm. Dane's uh, surprise and dismay. Dismay, yeah, he was not, not happy about it. I was, though. I loved it. Um, Killian, Killian Dane saying nobody hits you but me. I mean, if that's just, if that's not friendship, I don't know what is. It's also it's also a totally <laughs> abusive relationship, but it's also friendship. It's both things. It's both things. I mean, Killian Dane might have also been out of the <laughs> on this show, so we, we we've got an interesting relationship that I would be willing to watch bloom via a network sitcom. I think I'm I'm impressed at how well this angle is is moving forward, uh, and I really do think uh, that it's entirely based on Drake Maverick returning to his rock star Spud roots. I really do believe that it's been the strength of this entire uh, 
odd oddball coupling that we've seen multiple times in the past and seldom does it work as good as it is right now. Anakin JMT left us a super chat. Thank you very much again, Anakin. Says uh, Tony versus EO would have history. Tony did beat her to win the Mayon Classic after all. Easy way to build that match. Absolutely. Um I'd have to check. I'm not entirely sure, but uh uh there's probably they've probably crossed paths in Japan a couple of times as well. Like the history is definitely there. That's uh, that's for, that's for sure. Just even outside the fact that it'd be a fantastic match. The Nerd Guru left us a super chat as well. Thank you very much, The Nerd Guru. He says that Shotzi vs. EO2 has got to be saved for a takeover. I think Rhea will lose and is done there since Charlotte buried her. Uh, I completely agree that uh, that the next Shotzi vs. EO has to be uh, for bigger stakes. Well, for big stakes on a bigger stage. There you go. Um, because their match on... Uh, NXT a couple of weeks ago was fantastic. But um, did Charlotte bury Rhea, Alex? I mean, listen, it was a terrible booking decision by them. The match was great. Rhea could have easily won the match uh, because they were, it was, it was right down the middle. Like they each got in a lot of great offense. It was a great match and they, they made a wrong booking decision. Did it, did it stunt Rhea's growth? Sure. She's like turning 24 like now. So she's she's not done. She's 24. Like here's the thing about about this. The the they actually it's on the, on Twitter I think I retweeted it. There's there's footage of her wrestling her boyfriend who's this big like 6 foot like 225 pounds dude uh, who's also a wrestler in training and she's doing like lucha moves off of him. Like she's in, she's, but she's huge up against all these women, but she's incredibly agile. Like if WWE ever goes to the point where um, a woman wrestles men, Rhea's the one who's going to do it if she's still under contract because she absolutely can take them on. You believe she has a chance at it. And I, I would not be, I would not be surprised to see Rhea be the first ever women woman who is a men's champion like an ic title holder or 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 something like that like that's that's what she's got ahead of her she's got whatever she wants ahead of her is she done no i don't think she's done i want to add to that if you think charlotte buried Rhea, i think triple h uh resurrected her and put her right up on a platform when he basically said at the last takeover in the next five years you will be the top superstar in this company. So Rio's in good hands. Um, absolutely. I completely agree. Uh, by the way, uh, Tony Storm and Io Shirai fought a few times as well in stardom in Japan. So there is definitely deep history that you could dig up there if you really wanted to, but they know each other very well. Uh, Tony Storm, since we're talking about her, defeated Aaliyah tonight in her return, well, her return slash first match in NXT, whatever you want to call it. Um, Aaliyah got some offense in, but a German suplex, a sliding D, and the Storm Zero sealed the deal for, uh, for Tony time this evening. Alex, uh, this was what you needed on a return match. Yeah, Tony beating Aaliyah is, is pretty much par for the course of that but like robert stone back still still nobody else just just Aaliyah, just Aaliyah. that's it so that's the entire robert stone brand i i will say Aaliyah needs to tuck her chin a bit more because because that storm zero 
was like a sixteenth of an inch off of like just completely impacting her spine. So let's let's make sure we take that move better in the future because I feel like you're going to be taking a few of those. <laughs> Uh, next we have a segment from William Regal. William Regal is basically, uh, having an interview and he's making the matches for Halloween Havoc in a couple of weeks. He's making Raquel versus Rhea. He's making uh, Candice versus Io. And then Zia Lee arrives accompanied with Boa in his suit. Uh, and, uh, she asks William Regal for a match. And uh, and she says that it's very important that she gets a match next week. And she pleads with him to get a match next week. But William Regal, Re- William Regal keeps telling her that he'll take it under advisement. I posited last week, Alex, that mayhaps the party is not satisfied with Zia Lee's performance. Um, and, and Boa here does, speaks in uh, in Mandarin, I guess, I'm assuming. Uh, I'm not... I, 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 you know, there's a couple of Chinese dialects. I'm assuming it's Mandarin. I don't know. Um, what do you make of all of this? Well, okay. Here's the thing. If it was Lucha Underground, <laughs> it would not be the party. It would be a clan of a clan of like, 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 like kung fu women who are like very displeased when he <laughs> left them from 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 Beijing and came over here. Like, but the thing is, like. That's it'd be like the Lotus Triad is like who would be the people who are after her, which I would be totally down for. But, um, but it's it's NXT and and it sure looks like um, it sure looks like the the People's Republic of China is very upset with her for losing matches. I I I don't know what this is, and I I guess I'm gonna have to keep watching to find out. But it, it 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 seems to me like you got to have somebody else here. She's got to keep losing, and the person who is mad at her has got to show up. I just don't know who that is. I don't know if they've got like some other Chinese uh, recruit that is that is there that's ready to come up. I just hope it's not Akira Tozawa. That's all, that's all I hope because I feel like that's something that like if Vince was in charge, he was Akira can do it. He'll he'll just he'll he'll do it. Like it's basically the same thing. So can I hazard a guess that this is the return of the legendary Ho Ho Loon from the? Uh... Oh, God. Oh. Please, please let it be Ho Ho. I need it to be Ho Ho. You gotta... know, I mean, he started wrestling in China or something if like you, that. If you if you speak that stuff into the universe, at some point the universe is going to listen. Robert, I'm gonna bl- it's This is all your well, fault moving forward. Here's hoping, right? remember folks you can leave us a super chat and it'll be my pleasure to read your question or comment on the air such as the one left uh, to us by Zach Barber thank you very much Zach says uh, actually pointing out something to you Alex in regards uh, China uh, because we were talking about uh, Rhea winning uh, titles China is a two time intercontinental champion right no you're you're right Uh, I'm saying that that was a for lack of a of a better term, she was presented as a freak. And I don't think that... I'm talking about, like, here is a woman not presented as a freak of the eighth wonder of the world or anything like that, just like a woman who's as good as the men and, and fights. And I, 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 I remember that, obviously, and I know that's what they did, but I think it was, it was not... It was presented as though it was like, can you believe this it crazy thing? It was an anomaly, and you're saying Rio would be the... Right. 
proper champion because she is that she's on the same level and, and hopefully they would treat her as such and not as like this is a thing that can't possibly happen what is going on like it's a thing like well of course look at her she's amazing why 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 can't she face the men like you could do it that way instead in our main event we had damian priest retaining the north american title against dexter loomis uh priest uh early on does some old school on the off the top rope but instead of uh, but he ends it with a cross body uh hits a broken arrow on loomis loomis fights back with some strikes a spine buster priest gets an ankle lock in they're landing a lot of big moves on each other loomis does a jumping jumping uh leg drop but he like reverses himself in the air as he's doing it which was unexpected he ducks a cyclone kick and locks in the silence but priest avoids it by reaching the ropes Referee gets a little distracted here, which allows our boy Cameron Grimes to run. Don't don't you put on our put boy, the mascot. He's our boy. guy. It's unanimous here. You know, Alex is putting on a front, but he runs in. <laughs> he runs in and hits the cave in on Loomis, which allows Priest to hit the South of Heaven to get the win. Now, before we get to the post match angle, let's talk about. Cameron Grimes going, continuing his ascent to the celestial body that rotates around the Earth, Alex. Yeah, um, the match is that's just fine. It did feel like um, it just felt like Dexter Loomis uh, won a match versus Austin Theory last week. He's come back from injury. Um, Cameron Grimes obviously started something last week, um, but they never followed up on it. It felt like. Hey, we need a we need a title match to go on in the main event because AEW is doing all these title matches. So let's let's do something. We obviously can't have Finn wrestle. Let's have Dexter Loomis face um, face Priest, which is fine. The match is fine, but you knew there was never going to be a real finish. At least I felt it was never going to be a mm-hmm. a real finish because of that Cameron Grimes thing out there. And then of course he comes in and when ruins it. Ruins the problem it. I have with it is that um, I mean I know it's there wwe uh thing that they're doing um but like what a champion what a champion Dam- damian priest is like like the bass player from a leonard skinner cover band came in and and gave him a cheap victory like it's not it's it's not like he he he, he was losing the match for for much of it like it's a great match between these two it, i i hate distraction and interference finishes i just i don't like them um, but what happens after the match is that now everybody is involved in the North American title picture, but only one guy, the least deserving guy, gets a title let's, shot. <clears throat> let's talk about that. Uh, be, after the match, uh, Damian Priest is celebrating in front of his Titan Tron. You know, I guess he really likes it. You know, he likes to stare at it, see all the, the, the CGI flames. Maybe he feels some warmth when he looks. I don't know what attracts him to it. But as he as he's celebrating there with his back turned to to the ring, Johnny Gargano runs in and attacks him with a chair, lays him out. Candice LeRae comes out to enjoy the moment with her husband, which brings out William Regal to declare that Johnny Gargano is indeed going to get a match at Halloween Havoc against Damian Priest again. But he has a little the matches are going to be determined in a very special way 
according to the host of Halloween. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Havoc? Shotzi Blackheart, who rises from the other end of the uh, Capitol Wrestling Center uh, through smoke and fog to announce us, Alex, that there will be stipulations to this match that will be determined with the spin the wheel, make the deal. Now, I'm going to tell you this. I am very excited. So it will. We're this much closer to getting to a real deal Halloween Havoc. Getting the wheel. That's fantastic. All that's missing is a botched fireball spot and someone disguised in toilet paper. That's all we're missing. And we have a proper Halloween Havoc. For real, the old school guy in me got shivers. I I wanted the wheel. I'm glad we get the wheel. Tell us about the angle. Tell us about the. Uh, tell us about. The, tell us about everything, Alex. The 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 spin the wheel make the deal thing. Okay, first of all, poor Shotzi. Like I don't know who's giving her acting lessons, but Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Like like there's like like uh, the spin the wheel make the deal. No, it's not working. It's not great, Bob. It's she's living working. her dream. She's living good, her dream. Good, good the B movie horror girl. She's living her dreams. Good, good for her. Good <laughs> um, one thing I the one thing I will I will know I will notice I will note about this is it is not it is not a practical no wheel. it is a digital it is a digital <laughs> wheel which 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 eliminates the possibility for things like a coal miners glove match because I don't know what Halloween Havoc it was. But there ain't no way it was supposed to be a coal miner's glove match. Like, it was an actual wheel, and it landed on something, and the, the commentators, when it came up, was like Jake the Snake versus Sting or something. And and the commentators had no idea what a coal miner's glove match was. They had to, like, search for notes. And it was it was a coal miner's glove up on a pole. A coal miner's glove, for those of you who don't know, is like a big, heavy glove. And if the person who gets it off the pole gets to wear it and punch people with it. It was a really dumb match, but... <laughs> But I, and that, I, that's on the list. That's on the wheel that they shared. Good. Well, it, it, the thing is, is because it's a digital wheel and it's controlled by a computer, there's no way it's landing on gold miners' glove match. But I'm looking forward to what it does land on. But here's what I would rather have. I would rather have not the people who lost to EO and Damian Priest at the previous takeover get a rematch at this Halloween Havoc. When there are so many other people who are also available, why not have fun like a, a triple threat or a fatal four-way, especially in the in the in the North American title? You could have Damian Priest versus Dexter Loomis versus Johnny Gargano versus Cameron Grimes in a you know whatever you want to do Inferno match, but like wake them all in there, like light everybody on fire, <laughs> like let's let's do it, let's do it. Fun. It's Halloween, light, light everyone on fire. I, I want to men- mention this because we didn't talk about it. There was that backstage segment where Tommaso Ciampa watched films yes. of Velveteen Dream interfering in his match last week, and he's just watching it. 
And bef- as, as he turns off the TV, he just says, he's dead. <laughs> Referring to, of course, Velveteen Dream, but also me, because I was dead. Like, I'm I'm dead now. Like, like I'm dead now, I went to heaven, because I get to watch Tommaso Ciampa rip out Velveteen Dream's still-beating heart, probably at Halloween Havoc. So that's going to be a lot of fun, guys. I, I'm looking forward to it. Before we wrap up NXT, we got a couple of super chats. Uh, Zach Barber uh, left us another one. Thank you very much, Zach. Says, I've had my various various issues with NXT, but damn, if they didn't hit me in my nostalgia soft spot with the spin the wheel, make the yep. deal. I agree. I popped. Yeah, it's I popped. Be, it's a lot of fun. Uh, Patel Ron left us a super chat as well. Thank you very much, Patel Ron. He says, I will have to see if Alex can do the Shotzi Blackheart laugh and howl at the end of the NXT review tonight. Must have been just I think it's basically that, right? Beautiful. Yeah. Like spot on. Absolutely spot on. You should be her. You should be her acting coach. Before we move on, I just want to say this wheel has uh, a TLS match, and I swear to God that means tables, ladders, and stores. snakes. So uh, we we've got some tables, stuff ladders, going on and here. snakes. Please, please let it be that. Please let it be that. So that was. Uh, I don't know, man. NXT NXT is just throwing stuff at the wall, and it's on a wheel apparently. And, and we'll see what happens. Uh, so that was NXT. We have uh, another super chat from Anakin. Uh, GMT, thank you again, Anakin. Who uh, again? We're go- going back to Rhea. Uh, says Jacqueline won the old uh, cruiserweight title with the, the the light heavyweight title, and I think and Alex. I mean, uh, just uh, just to make sure that that, uh, that Alex's point is is clear. Even in the case of Jacqueline winning the light heavyweight title, it wasn't really serious. It was still a joke. This was Vince McMahon saying, look at all these small guys. I can have this muscular woman come in and beat them up. Alex is proposing here. And and, 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 and as he mentioned with China, China was, you know, she was an anomaly. that Just something that happened and she could beat up men. What Alex is proposing in Rhea's situation is she legitimately should challenge men. And not as a freak show, not as a thing, just as a very strong competitive wrestler who can just happen to beat other competitive wrestlers who happen to be men. If, if, if the, the comment was about her being done there, meaning in NXT and that she has, she has to move up in that case, there's like, you could not find a better pairing for me, for her to take a, a, a men's title than her beating Sami Zayn for it. This version of Sami Zayn, as ob- as obnoxious as he is, would say like, "You couldn't possibly defeat me, Sami Zayn, for this title," and like get up to a point where he's actually egging her on, and she and she accepts a challenge from him, which is like, "Now I got you where I want you." Like you, could, there's an easy way of building it. Like even now, not five, ten years in the future, you could do that angle tomorrow with this guy who happens to be champion right now she's she's in that position where it could happen i'm just saying hopefully it's treated not as a freak show or like as a commentary on these you know all these little guys we got walking around but an actual honest to goodness this is a storyline we're doing on uh, Remember to keep leaving us little super chats ladies and gentlemen because now we're going to talk about the AEW. Dynamite edition tonight, the anniversary show, Robert. It's been a year. Yes. I mean, look, um, we've seen 
wrestling companies start up, have a first year, and not even be as remotely successful as AEW has been, uh, you know, without necessarily getting into very specific details and so on and so forth, uh, it's hard to argue that AEW has not had a fantastic first year of life, right? Yeah, I mean, nobody expected TNT when it happened, and the fact that they've been on for a year, they're going to be on for at least another two, and I assume the foreseeable future beyond that, they have had a great first yeah, fantastic year. first year. Um, and uh, and their, the, the anniversary show kicked off tonight with FDR versus the Best Friends. Uh, again, this is fantastic work by FTR. Um, and here's the thing. And I was I was seeing a little bit of discussion saying that FTR always wrestle the same way. You know, they cut someone off and they keep them in their corner. But that's what good tag teams do. And But you do see a lot of other heel tag teams employ those types of, of situations. But the way FTR does it, in my opinion, and Robert, feel free to chime in here. Um, the way FTR does it is so competitive. Like, they, they work really hard to keep the their opponent from reaching their corner there's always something there's an there's an urgency to it they're always tagging in and out keeping the fresh guy in the way they do it is very special and really is their signature in my opinion yeah i mean precision tag team wrestling to a t dax harwood cash wheeler they are the best tag team in the world, in my opinion. And do they wrestle the same way? Yeah, but Ric Flair had the same match for like yeah. 45 years and they were always good. Just because it's it's a simple formula doesn't make it bad and I think they nail it and it works beautifully because they are in the company that's filled with high spots wrestling to no end and they just provide that dichotomy. Uh, this was, this was a strong match to kick things off. Uh, Trent ate it for the majority of this match. Chucky T finally gets a hot tag with a somersault tope to the floor. Uh, Falcon Arrow can put Dax away. Soul food half and half combination connects. And they even hit strong zero, but, uh, uh, but FTR break up the pin. Can't get it done. Uh, Trent and Cash fight on the outside and Trent... Um, uh, Spears Cash he moves out of the way and Trent drives right through Kip Sabian's arcade cabinet which which this is so dumb I'll just say it right now this is dumb (laughs) well I mean (laughs) but go I mean like we're having a great match here but they can't avoid just the silliness like why does everything have to break down into nonsense why are you playing an arcade machine in the middle of Daly's place I mean, the love of God, sell more tickets. If there, That's if there, valuable if, real estate if, you're not using there. If I come across an arcade machine, I'm playing it. I'm wherever it is. I mean, I'm if it's the middle, I, I, wherever wherever it is. I, I I love a good arcade. Okay, but are you bringing the arcade machine with you? Wherever yeah, because no, not necessarily. But if like you there, have I'm, to, you, you know, you have to drag that along. Like it, there's a rental, right? You have it's 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 a pickup truck or or you know a, a trailer that you have to hitch. You know, there's. I mean, the man's got a wedding to pay for. I don't know why he's paying to lug this well, thing around anyway. I see a trend in Anyway, uh, there's some shenanigans that happen. Uh, Cash clocks Chucky across the head with the uh, tag team belt, and Dax gets the pin for the win. Not going to lie, I'd like 
FTR to win their matches a little more cleanly, but uh, give us some final thoughts on this match, uh, Robert. I I think the fact that they don't win them cleanly is what keeps them villains. Because if they just won with wrestling, they'd say, you know what, you're a good wrestler, and I like that you're here in AEW, and they don't want that right now. So they're giving the people not what they want, but what they need, and I appreciate it. After the match, uh, Miro attacks the best friends for smashing up the arcade cabinet, which leads us into our next match. Kip Sabian and Miro versus Lee Johnson and Sean Maluda. There wasn't much here. This was a showcase for Miro, uh, who basically just uh, tore Sean Maluda a new one. Uh, Kip got uh, got involved via a, uh, a flying cross body. Um, but uh, yeah, that leads to Miro hitting the game over the former accolade for the win. After the match, Kip is is pissed as well at best friends because that was his most prized possession the thing he loved more in the world the most in the world with penelope ford right behind him of course yeah and i was gonna say how does penelope <laughs> well, you know, feel maybe... about this i mean good lord and then uh miro for some reason starts speaking in, in bulgarian and then he goes good friends yes. you broke my shit and now I'm mad. That, now, I want you to really think about this, and I won't go on too long of a diatribe because Warren isn't feeling well. But this is the last man who wrestled John Cena in a straight-up match at Mania, and we got him talking about video game machines and you broke my shit? He should be wrestling John Moxley for the title, and there's no reason why you've turned him into an absolute dork just because he's got a Twitch. Like, I, this makes no sense. It's yeah. a very short-term not long term and it's I don't vi- like it's it. bizarre i'll tell you that much it's a, it's bizarre uh backstage we have uh, lance archer who is beating up john moxley all right uh and a little later on as alex marvez is trying to talk with lance archer moxley attacks archer so that's also something that happened but we'll get to the main event later i think it's a good way to close out our review the um we get the uh, the tournament brackets for next week that's uh, that starts next next week for the uh the world title uh opportunity actually the world title eliminator tournament eight man um the the eight man uh, uh single elimination uh tag match the first match we're, well I, the brackets go as follow i don't know if it's the first match but the brackets go as follow we're gonna get ray phoenix versus uh versus pentagon jr we're gonna have kenny omega versus joey janella Colt Cabana versus Hangman Page and Wardlow versus Jungle Boy. That's our, uh, those are our brackets. Uh, Robert, what do you think about all of this? Uh, Jungle Boy will have a great showcase with Wardlow. Uh, Lucha Brothers will tear it up. I see Penta going on to face Omega, who will finally have a good match on TV with Joey Janela, but. This is Kenny Omega and Hangman Page I going so. to the pay-per-view. I mean, they couldn't have spelled it out any more clear. This should be a fun pay-per-view match when they finally get to the I, I, I think that they spelled it out so clearly that they're going to swerve it in some way. Uh, like, like, like Kenny interferes to make sure Hangman doesn't face him in the finals thing. Like, something. Because it, because it is it is just so... I mean, that's the way it should be. It should be Hangman versus Omega. They, that It needs to be that. But I feel like they've just laid it out there on a platter so obviously that it feels like they're like, ah, but not yet. You're going to get it, but not yet. Like, it feels like one of those. They got you with the bro. We're going to hit you with a friggin' swerve so big 
that you're not going to see it coming. I got you. Gotcha. I know where Look we're going. that impersonation. MJF uh, comes out with Wardlow. He says he has an announcement, and he calls out Chris Jericho to make it. Who comes out, of course, with the inner circle. Inner circle. Um, first, first and foremost, of course, uh, Sammy Guevara ha- finally has his inner circle jacket, but he's not wearing it. Because it's like six sizes too big for him, but Jericho insists that he put the, that he puts it on. MJF compliments Jericho on his body, his long bodacious hair. Makes sure that he, you know, he doesn't want things to get weird, but he asks Jericho if he can touch his hair nonetheless. Um, but Jericho tells him, you know, to cut the shit, make your announcement. MJF says they're the two biggest minute-to-minute draws in the company, and he brings himself around. He can't quite say it because. He's so prideful, Robert, that he can't outright say it or ask it, but MJF wants to join the inner circle. Ortiz grabs the microphone and says, we don't want you. But Jericho says, shush, 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 shush. Instead, he invites him to a one-on-one steak dinner for next week, Robert. What the hell is going on? All right, I feel like I'm going to say this a lot when talking about AEW, but if WWE did this, people would eat it alive. And I saw a lot of people praising this. Jericho invited the man to a steak dinner. This is ridiculous, but I would like to formally request right now that you and I, Warren, do this on Fightful Select. We eat a steak dinner on Fightful Select. And then just, just talk. I think that's a good deal. I think hey, you know what? If people are excited to watch this on a wrestling show, I wouldn't, I wouldn't see why not. I wouldn't see why 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 people wouldn't enjoy you and I enjoying a nice juicy prime rib. The way this has to go is there has to be Jared's barbecue sauce everywhere, and it's just got to be a complete chill. I don't know where you do this. I don't know who's got the best steak. Oh, they're joint, definitely the drinking. Access, they're definitely but, drinking Jericho's a uh, little bit of the bubbly. Oh, absolutely. They've got to be wearing uh, matching scarves. Like this will be good first date awkwardness. <laughs> But this has to end with them wrestling at the pay-per-view, I mean, right? if, if they were anywhere else, if, if if the conditions in the world right now were anywhere else, I'd figure that they'd go to, to the Ribera Steakhouse, you know? But there's no way they're flying into Japan just for that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, look, I don't, I don't know where this is going. I, re- I really don't. I'm afraid it's going to get too hokey. You know, I didn't... I didn't care much for the MJF um, build up to to all out. I thought that the whole presidential thing, the 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 campaign trail thing, was very 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 unnecessary, and I think it was just a little too hokey. MJF made it work because it's MJF, because the guy the guy's golden. I think he can make anything work, but you know, and we'll see where we'll see where this goes, but. I feel like I'm afraid we're going to run into the ground the idea that MJF is such a good character that, you know, it's going to get old before it really gets going. And Jericho, in my opinion, is just just having a bunch of fun being the highest paid (laughs) guy in a company and doing nothing but tickle butt and making it work because he's Chris Jericho and he's wanted... To show people he could do this for his entire career. We had a fun uh, segment, uh, vignette, actually, with uh, Tony Schiavone and Britt Baker at the spa, um, which I thought which I thought was fun and works within Reba, uh, not Reba, but uh, Britt's uh, character perfectly. Uh, they bring back the rules of being a role model, but basically this is to build up Britt Baker's epic comeback. 
her most epic comeback. She's going to be on TV again next week. Um, this was pretty fun. If you would have told me like two years ago that Tony Schiavone would be a highlight on wrestling on TNT with some, you know, women's wrestler, I would have laughed. But this is gold every time it does work they have a great it 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 works really well they play off each other's strengths i'm excited to see what they still have in store for brit she's got to get the match against cheetah at full gear and i think it's time to put the belt on brit baker zach barber left us a super chat thank you very much zach says russo impersonates a competent booker parentheses badly robert impersonates russo parentheses well the circle is complete well thank you (laughs) Thank you very much. Sam. Thank you. Orange Cassidy uh, Orange Cassidy uh, went to a time limit draw with Cody for the TNT title. Um, Brandy, uh, Brandy came to the ring with Cody, but you know who didn't come to the ring with Cody? His black hair. I guess whatever they had in store for, for the uh, anime villain gimmick didn't quite pan out, and they decided to just go back to... Uh, to the blonde hair. Cody's excited to lock up, but Orange Cassidy is being Orange Cassidy. He doesn't quite want to lock up. You think he's going to do it, but no, he does the hand in pocket spot. But Cody slaps Cassidy across the face and Robert, it fires him up. And this is what, this is the good way to book Orange Cassidy. You still have a bit of the, the sloth thing, the comedy thing, but when it's time to go, it's time to go. And, it, and it's going to be time to go because they did go to a time limit draw. We know we're getting this again in two weeks. I thought this was good. I think that if you knew you were going to go to Darby, I would have held off on this. And I also think it's weird that Darby has seemingly dropped whatever he was doing with Team Taz, but maybe they'll get back to that. But this is a good <clears throat> match. Cassidy is looking like more and more of a star every time I see him. I mean, he just hot off spring break. You know, he's he's getting a lot going for him. But I don't know if he's the next champion. I think I think Darby Allen might actually be the guy. Well, I mean, let's talk him. about it, right? Just a couple of ye- a couple of weeks ago, uh, he was in a match he lost, right? Uh, you know, and this is you know you mentioned it earlier, and we you know we can talk about it here. You know, people losing matches and still getting opportunities. We we complain about it in in WWE, but look at what look at what AEW is doing here. Not only are they giving losing F, uh, wrestlers who lose matches, not only are they giving them title opportunities, but they're rebooking the same matches very very soon. It's a very is it just me or is you know it's a it... no no the, you want to give them the benefit of the doubt because pandemic mm-hmm. and all that, but. They have seemingly betrayed their whole idea of a sports-centric presentation. We'll talk more about that when we talk about the tag teams. But I think that there should be a more logical way to book this. Why isn't Brian Cage getting a TNT title shot? Why isn't anybody, even like John Moxley, he could have done title for title or something because Moxley's run through just about everybody mm-hmm. they put in front of him too. I agree. This was but like you said this is this was a strong match. Uh Cody hits a reverse superplex on Cassidy. There's a Michinoku driver by Orange as well. Uh they fight in the figure 4 uh, a lot. Um Cassidy hits the beach break on the apron which was gnarly. Cassidy locks Cody up into a mouse trap but time runs out as the referee's counting the pin. 
I, I mean, I'm okay with time limit draws here. It's not a problem. I think uh, when it's done well, like it was the case this evening, I found, I'm completely okay with it. Cody's done it the most, I think. I, he did it uh, with Darby. I, I believe he's done it another time after that. It's a very easy way to say, hey, I'm still the champion. You couldn't get the job done because Cody was very much acting the heel in this match. Even though I know Cody will tell us every time on social media that those are antiquated terms. We learned during this match that Darby Allen is going to be challenging for the TNT title at full gear. So that's going to be exciting. We get Matt Hardy with his uh, entire family uh, at ringside uh, who are being interviewed only to be interrupted by a sh- by a Titantron or a, I don't know, a dynamite, Dynatron, let's call it that, of uh, Sammy Guevara. A, con- a, dyna- a Dynacon. A, a Dynacon. Uh, of Sammy burning picture, Sammy Guevara burning pictures of Matt Hardy. And he says, yeah, it was me who attacked you a couple of weeks ago, Matt. Remember when the, you know, that baseball bat shot that no one saw? That was me. And he's not going to stop attacking Matt Hardy until Matt Hardy is in hospital. I thought we were done with this, Robert. This seems like a walk back. This seems like maybe they had something else in mind and they just went, Nah, well, we'll run Sammy back. Because really, that's, again, very, if WWE did this, it'd be an issue. Oh, it was me, obviously, the person you've been feuding with for four months. How could you not immediately suspect me? I I don't know. Because we all sort of figured it was done. And I think Matt Hardy did as well. Yeah. Well, yeah, and also he did the thing with, like, he's wearing a hoodie. We're like, who could it be? Is, is it Slapjack? Just kidding. It's, shit. It's, the same, it's, it's, it's the same guy. It's the same guy from before who nearly killed him uh, with that move where he almost died. We're going to do that match again, so bet you can't wait for that. Maybe they'll do the last man standing. Maybe they'll just run it back completely. Maybe they're that insane. Remember, guys, you can leave us a super chat, and I will read your question or comment live on the air. We're still going here talking about AEW, and we're leading into the the four teams, the the draw for the four teams who will participate. Hold on. Does the UFC ever just throw names into a tumbler and, you know... Robert's triggered. Out? Hey, did the sport ever do that? Does a sport ever do that? We have rankings, guys. We have a ranking system. But we're just going to throw your names into a tumbler. I, I, I agree. I mean, I, I don't disagree with you, but that's exactly what happened. Uh, all the tag teams in AEW, their names were put into uh into a a tumbler and uh the four teams that were drawn are going to take part in the uh, in a four-way match to determine the number one contenders and i agree i mean and look i think this is what you want to talk about here uh about the sports-centric presentation AEW did put a lot of emphasis on that on the fact that the rate that the rankings would matter there are tag team rankings. I think picking out the number one contender is pretty simple now that the number one contenders lost their match. Right? Yeah, it should immediately go to the number two contender. Or, or you know, certainly anything but, hey, we're just going to throw your name into a hat. Uh, this just this is such a miss. It's like if you wanted to do a four-way, just say, hey, we booked the top four teams in a four-way because we're not going to... Do something at random. The teams that were picked were Private Party, Silver and Reynolds from the Dark Order, and John Silver acting like he already won the titles was fantastic, that being said. Uh, Butcher and the Blade and the Young Bucks, those sourpusses 
who just started super kicking everyone, trashing the set, and then even super kicking Private Party right in the chops, uh, which I guess is full circle with Private Party beating them last year in the first round of the AEW Tag Team Tournament, perhaps? I don't know. Uh, Honestly, I, I did like the callback, but again, it's more of the Young Bucks projecting, and I, I want to know when we're going to find out why they're mad. Like, have, have they established why they're upset? No. Because we all know that you are the EVPs. If you want a tag title match, you could also just say, hey, Tony, we're going to just take a tag title match because we're up on the rankings, and why don't we do this? If you're upset because they got to the belts before you did... You know, just say that and then we can get this match on the road because this is the match I think should headline the pay-per-view because this is the only dream tag team match in North America mm-hmm. in like the last 20 years. So I think we should just get it and it should be the I main still event think they should it should have main evented all out. I think it, it it I think it was an all out main event. I really do. Uh and um I think so. but you know, ah, they have to they have to pull the trigger um, they have to pull the trigger on. Um, they 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 absolutely have to pull the trigger on explaining a little more why the young bucks are acting like this because it does feel like it's just redundant. They're angry, and I need to know why this has to progress. We you know there's a lot of resolution that has to happen in this whole elite angle, in my opinion. Ref. Rafael Garcia left us a super chat. Thank you very much, Rafael. Says Bellator did this, the the drawing, uh, for a recent MMA tournament, and it was fun as hell. Got some good matches. I mean, that which is cool. cool. But do they have rankings? You're asking the wrong guy. Uh, But uh, but yeah, I I mean, was was it worked? Like we don't know how worked it was either. But I mean. Sure, why not for for a pay per view? Why not do it? Yeah, Zach Barber left us a super chat as well. Thank you very much, Zach. Uh, going back to the uh, Sammy Matt Hardy discussion that we had, he says they obviously want to finish the feud right since the match at All Out was a wreck. Yeah, I mean it's the the feud's been cursed. Let's just be let's let, let's just be yeah, honest with each, with each other. Maybe maybe it's just a question of the guys just wanting to just wanting to have a proper conclusion. I think sometimes it's better to just walk away from a wreck and say, Hey, I was able to walk away from this. Let's move on. You know, Matt said he wants to be a champion. <laughs> Let him go after Cody or something. I don't know. It seems like they're going back to this when they don't need to, but hopefully at full gear, it's good. We had big swole uh, against uh, Hikaru Shida for the uh, AEW world women's title. Uh, a lot of tie-ups in this match. Some strength contests that Swole, uh, that Swole nails. Uh, Sheeta suplexes Swole on the floor. And uh, Swole hits a springboard cutter on the stage area. There's even a straight jacket suplex by Swole. Uh, not by Swole, excuse me, by Sheeta uh, into a bridge. But Swole's shoulders weren't on the mat at all. I don't know why Aubrey was counting anything there. I don't know. Um... There's uh, Sheeta hits the Falcon Arrow, can't put Swole away with it. Swole hits Dirty Dancing, but Sheeta grabs the bottom rope to break up the pin. She avoids another Dirty Dancing and a couple of knee strikes later. She covers Swole. What are your thoughts on this match, Robert? 
believe they said it was over 200 and almost 220 days or so that since she has been defeated. This was good, better than some of the other offerings from this division. My just thoughts are, let's get to All Out. Let's get to Britt Baker. She is where the money is in this division. Sheeta is great, but Baker right now is the closest thing they have to the total package. And I'm not talking Lex Luger out, but Baker. It great. made sense for them to 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 pull the trigger on this match, though, because uh, because Swole uh, did win against Baker at uh, at All Out in that match, but she still. You know, it, it was still a win. She was still highly ranked. I, You know, it made sense to get this a little out of the way before moving on to hopefully, hopefully, uh, Britt Baker. Yeah, I think that's just what logic dictates. But wrestling isn't always logical, so let's see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> isn't always logical. That's adorable. <laughs> oh, I, I kind of feel we should end it on that note. I don't. I think the I think the podcast peaked at this moment right here. Um, we get a segment hyping up, uh, hyping up uh, Sean Spears and um, uh, Scorpio Sky. So that's something that didn't know this was a thing. Didn't know they were like fighting. Oh, they've been. I'm cool with it. They've been you trading glares backstage. You haven't been noticing. I saw the one before the uh, tag team match, but I thought that was more alluding to the fact that, hey, Tully manages Sean Spears at NFTR. I didn't know that that was more a personal thing. Then Eddie Kingston wearing a Montreal Expos jersey, by the way, comes out with the Lucha Bros to go sit down at commentary for the main event where John Moxley successfully defended the AEW World's Championship against Lance Archer in a no-disqualification match. Tony Khan made it a no DQ, Robert. He moved. He stepped in. He did. I, I guess when you have two wrestlers beating the crap out of each other all night, why not? Let's just let you do it in the ring. John Moxley, straight off the bat, at the bell, paradigm, shind, paradigm shifts uh, Lance Archer. Um, you know, uh, when, when Louis was still on the podcast, he had pointed out um, in the lead up to All Out that you know, the paradigm shift was banned, right? But Louis was like, when was when's the last time that John Moxley won uh, a title match using the paradigm shift? Like he's been using all sorts of different moves to get the job done. As far as the finisher goes, Robert, I think the it's paradigm shift is done. That that is a great question. I mean, he kind of gave it some new life when he started elevating it with the uh, Death Rider in Japan and stuff. But it seems like AEW is determined to move away from it, or he's just determined to show that he can beat you in many different ways. Either way, the paradigm shift. See, the thing in, in Japan, time. there's like there's you'll always or not always, but there's a lot of times you'll have two versions of the finisher, and you'll have like you know uh, um, uh, um, you'll have the like the spinning rainmaker from Okada, but then it's the rainmaker, the short arm rainmaker that'll get the job done, right? Uh, and and Moxley has that. He has the paradigm shift, but then he has the 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 high level the, the, the death where he elevates where he it. Elevates. Yeah, it's called the Death Rider in Japan, right? And then he elevates it, and that's the one that puts the guy away. He even did an elevated one on Archer tonight, and Archer kicked out of it. So I I don't even know. I don't even know what it is anymore. I really don't. Um, but this was a fun 
this was a fun no DQ match. Uh, very brutal. Fought on the floor. Cannonball sent on by Archer from the apron to the floor, which uh, is always cool to see from a guy that big. Um, uh, they go really hard on each other in the ring. Uh, Mox gets some chairs in. They set up some tables. Um, I like the part. There, there's a moment where uh, after Archer chokeslams Mox through two uh, upright chairs, Mox locks in a knee bar while he still has a chair wrapped around his neck. He sort of he, he sort of gets it off, but that very short window there was 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 pretty fun. Um, Moxley paradigm shifts Archer off the apron through the tables, but the match continues. Um, Nothing. No. Nope. No finish. It was a callback to the Absolutely. Uh, Kingdom match. I know that, but no finish There's there. A- I think it could have ended there, but hey, it's AEW, so you know. There's a blackout them. by uh, by Archer, but Mox, uh, but Mox just shifts his weight over to get the pin, the surprise pin on uh, on Lance Archer, and that's how he defends. Um, give me some thoughts on the match before we talk about the post match angle. Uh, so the blackout to me struck me as one of those. Oh well, you know, wrestling is a predetermined thing and it's fake because there's a pile of weapons right there and yet archer just decides no i'll slam you on the canvas that it's small thing but you know if you're really trying to hurt a guy you would slam him on the pile of debris that is right there and with mox you know trying to use the bulldog choke and always trying to use these pinning combinations strikes me as he thinks he's bret hart where he can beat you anyway but brett Moxley's great, but he's no technician in the vein of Brett. And sometimes, you know, just put your finish over and beat him with the DDT. After the match, the Lucha Brothers attack Archer, who just no-sells their chair shot. Just completely no-sells it. Uh, And he just walks away from the ring. Um, The Lucha Bros get ready to attack Mox, but uh, Eddie Kingston gets on the mic and he tells him, no, 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 let's not do this, you know. uh, And he starts putting over Moxley, saying it's been a year since... You know that this man has been carrying the company on this company on his back, and he's proud of them. Raises his arms, but Kingston backstabs backstabs Mox, starts chokes him out in the ring. The Lucha Bros prevent the uh, they run uh, uh, the they run interference avoid, to keep the uh, officials from coming to break this up, and that's how our anniversary show ends with your champion being choked out. By a man in a Tim Raines jersey. I don't know if it was the Tim Raines one, but Vladimir Guerrero. I, I get I the gimmick being, oh well, I didn't give up, you know, and I'm gonna put you in my own chokehold. I'm guessing they're going to a submission match at the pay-per-view. That seems like the most logical thing. But wrestling isn't always logical because John Moxley <laughs> knows it's coming. He's staring right at Eddie Kingston like, I don't believe a word that's coming out of your mouth and still allows himself to get backhanded by Eddie Kingston. A very weird moment for Mox. Not as weird as Archer getting hit in the back with a chair and then just being like, all right, see ya. But just just a strange closing segment I know why they're doing this. Eddie Kingston is great on the microphone. He is head and shoulders above everybody not named Jericho and MJF, and they're doing their own thing. So let's put Kingston here. But I think we could be doing something different with Mox because Mox just seems to be taking on all the Mm -hmm. newcomers into the company and beating them and then sending them back down the card. 
uh, I guess we'll see as we get to the show, but I think we could have done something different here. Zach Barber left us a super chat. Thank you very much, Zach. Again, uh, he says, last time the Paradigm Shift won a match, it was against MJF. Yes, well, you know, outs. Yeah, the one time it was banned, he chose. You know, I really need to use this. It's like a kid. We tell him, don't touch that. It's I, I'm going to, that's all I want to do now. <laughs> and didn't he, do, wasn't it on chairs? I don't remember. No, it was no, just a regular, just a regular okay. DDT. I couldn't quite remember, but thank you for that, Zach. Uh, and uh, that's going to wrap up our AW Dynamite review, and that'll wrap up the podcast for today, tonight, this evening. I want to thank everyone for joining us here live on YouTube.com/slash Fightful or on Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com. It's not too late to leave a thumbs up or to share the video or whatever you do, because that stuff always helps. It always does. Um, Robert, what have you got coming up this week? Let the people know where they can find you. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Dude Felice. I am over on WrestleZone. I do their podcast Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. Smart Out Moment, Wednesdays, Fridays. And after whatever pay-per-views happen, I will be writing here on Fightful over the weekend. And I may pop up on a gaming stream with Jeremy Lambert. Alex, what about you? What's the good stuff? Fightful Select, of course. That's where you're going to find Alex. And that's the one of the best ways for you to support Fightful and everything we do here. So, Alex, what's cooking? Uh, <laughs> what's what's cooking is is not SmackDown. SmackDown's going to be a cold plate of dog shit. But um, uh, it's uh, me uh, twice a week on Sour Graps on Fightful Select uh, talking about my nightmare which is let's just move seth rollins versus the mysterio family from mondays to fridays and more otis because who doesn't need more otis um just just a, a shaved orangutan carrying around a lunchbox i can't wait um but uh yeah you can follow me at uh alex sour graps uh on the tweeter and like i said i i i talk about the bane of my existence main roster wwe programming uh, can't wait for three weeks from now when we're in the middle of brand supremacy season and Big E leads a team of blue-shirted goons to the Raw locker room where he immediately locks eyes with Xavier Woods and starts beating the crap out of him. Can't wait! <laughs> I, ho- I hope everyone heard the, the sound of your hands rubbing together as clearly as I did. Um, and as for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Mr. Warren Hayes or on my own YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. If you're interested, tomorrow morning I'm having, I am hosting on my YouTube channel the official reveal of the PWI Women's 100 list. That'll be exciting. So if you want to check that out, youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes, subscribe to that. Otherwise, subscribe to Fightful Select. Do it if you're not already. Thank you if you are. But if you ain't, do it. And we'll see you next week, everyone. Thank you for joining us.